Let's turn now to God's word to us from the book of Psalms, from Psalm 126. Listen now for God's word to you. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we do pray that you'll grant us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts and minds to understand and live in your world as best we can this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as you know, as you saw as the Advent candles were lit earlier, uh, the third Sunday in the season of Advent is called Joy Sunday, traditionally. You know, we have four Sundays in Advent, the season before Christmas, and there are Sundays that focus on hope and peace and joy and love. And so today, we focus on joy. Joy is like happiness in a way. It's a deep feeling of pleasure. But more than that, it's also being filled with an abiding sense of contentment and well-being. The uh, columnist from the New York Times, David Brooks, puts it like this. We can help create happiness, but we are seized by joy. We are pleased by happiness, but we are transformed by joy. And in the psalm I just read, Psalm 126, there is so much joy in what the, the psalmist has written. Most likely it was written sometime after the Jewish people had returned from uh, nearly a century of exile in Babylon. And so they're coming back and then the psalm starts off with this Wonderful vision that God will restore the fortunes of Zion. Things are going to go back to the way they used to be, the way that they're supposed to be. Because in the people's minds, in their memory, life had been really great back in the good old days when they were back home in, in Israel and in Palestine. But then something incredibly awful had happened. The they lost everything they had, even their own homes. And they lost it for a long, long time. But now in the eyes of the people, they were back home at last. And you can imagine their joy as they approached the city of Jerusalem, the place they've been longing to get back to for a century. It was like something in a dream. And the psalm says, their mouths were filled with laughter, their tongues with shouts of joy. Their fortunes were going to be restored, even if the reality was uh, right now, 
back 2,500, 600 years ago, the city of Jerusalem still was in ruins after 100 years of being derelict and left alone. So after weeping in Babylon, there was going to be rejoicing in Jerusalem. And the psalmist prays to God, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. The Negev's a desert. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying in their sheaves. As I said, it's just a, a beautiful vision, a wonderful vision of return and recovery and renewal. After a seemingly endless period of suffering, Psalm 126 tells us and calls on God to be present and gracious and active once again, right now. And when I think about it, I can't help but be reminded of you know, the times that we're going through right now. It's only been a year, not a hundred years, but it's still been a really rough year, as we all know, for so many people. I know some of you have lost something or someone very important this past year. Maybe it was a loved one, dear friend. Uh, maybe it was your job or your savings or your health. We've all lost a bit of a sense of peace and uh, place, even maybe a sense of personhood. We've lost a lot this past year. And the truth is that to some degree, we all want to go back to the way things used to be, the way they're supposed to be, the way it was before, before COVID hit. Even if sometimes, honestly, we tend to view the, the past through rose-colored glasses. Still, I bet you can relate like I can relate to the words of the psalm written so long ago. We remember a time when we were like those who dream when our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Life was pretty good back then. But then, after the pieces seemed to fit together so well, something happened, and it seems like everything we knew fell apart. We got lonely, anxious, isolated, frustrated. So what could be more normal, more natural than for us to shout out with the people of Israel so long ago, give us some joy, Lord. Give us some joy. And you know, there are lots of... Um, ways you can try to uh, be joyful, or at least happy. You, there's tons of articles online or books or podcasts or stuff on TV about how you can cope, how you can get some happiness in a tough time. You can keep a journal, you can do something artistic, you can give thanks, you can forgive somebody else, you can exercise your own body, you could Unplug from social media, which is one of my top ones. You could volunteer. You could take some time to watch the sunrise or the sunset. You could read a novel. You could light a candle. You could take a warm bath. 
spend time with happy people, drink tea, grow your own vegetable garden, the list goes on and on and on. They're all good ideas. Nothing wrong with any of them. It's just that none of them address what we so sorely need right now, especially at Christmas. That special joy that comes from receiving a precious gift from someone who dearly, dearly loves you. Something that feeds your soul and that lasts and maybe transforms your life. You know, we're getting ready right now to do something extraordinary, something timeless as followers of Jesus. We're getting ready once again to welcome the eternal God of the whole universe into our ordinary, everyday, earthly experience. And yeah, it's going to be different this year. There's no doubt about that. And any one of us would be totally within our rights to say something like, yeah, this Christmas isn't like any other Christmas. And I get it. Believe me. But here's the thing. In faith, in hope, and with passion, I also think it is possible to say instead, this Christmas is like, unlike any other Christmas we've ever had. And you can mean it. Because it's not just that it's not ordinary this year. It can be, with God's help, extraordinary. Depends on how you say it. Depends on how you live it. And on how you listen for the glad tidings of new life this year. Because on a cold night long ago, in a place very far away, a child was born. And everything in heaven and everything on earth converged on that moment and on that person, on on that one life to bring light, to bring life and joy into the world that's going through so much darkness. You know, it reminds me of something that the children's author Madeline Langell once wrote about joy, especially as you can see it through the eyes and in the, the light of kids. In her words, we can no longer pretend that our children are growing up into a peaceful, secure, and civilized world. Our responsibility to them is not to pretend that if we don't look, evil will go away, but to give them some weapons against it. One of the greatest weapons of all is joy and laughter a gift for fun, a sense of play, which is so sadly missing from the grown-up world. Paradox again, to take ourselves seriously enough to take ourselves lightly. Well, in that light, I want to invite you to sit back and get ready to watch, listen, and participate in our annual Christmas pageant this year. It's online, not here in the sanctuary, but it is still a way for us to connect to the good news of this season 
through the eyes and in the experience of children. Thanks be to God. Amen.